Advisory, truthful content. Lizard Illuminati. A new world order. successful and we will be we have a real chance at this new world order to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. You know, we are not going to stop bringing the heat, especially when it's fucking August and there's fire. The whole world is on fire right now, believe it or not. And uh, so we're going to keep bringing the heat. There is no fire extinguishers here in the studio of White Rabbit. And I have on... Heidi Love from the Unfiltered Rise podcast, and she is here to talk about some awesome, awesome topic that I have not dove into on this show yet, but I'm greatly interested in. So Heidi, welcome to White Rabbit. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I uh, fell into this in a weird way, and I bring you some nuggets of truth, so hopefully everybody will like it. (laughs) Oh, we love it. We love it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and how you became podcasting? Well, I never thought I would ever do podcasting. So it's been kind of an interesting uh, development. I actually, my first show that I ever decided to try and do, do, well, I didn't try and do it. I sent it to my favorite podcaster at the time. Um, and I just said, Hey, this is what's going on at this school. And can you go check it out? And he said, no, why don't you just come on the show? You seem to break that down. Like some other people that are in the podcast world, he kind of compared me to a wise hops. (laughs) I said, I was like, I'm not anything as good as he is. And I'm just a normal nurse, stay at home, mom and nurse. (laughs) And he's like, no, you, you've got some stuff to say. So. I did. And I just did the one show and then he had me back. Actually, I've been back three times and then I just started a podcast on my own too. So here I am. That is awesome. What show is that? So that's Unfiltered Rise and we're available on all the places that there's podcasting, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all the fun things. So for now, until you start getting kicked off. Yeah, I actually probably will. (laughs) (laughs) Some of my content. Yeah. it, it probably you, will happen. If you're speaking any sort of truth, we've all been yeah. kicked off of at least one platform. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting. I, I figure as much because I've followed it enough to know. Yeah, that's probably coming for me, but that's okay. Yeah. 
but I wear those things as a badge of honor, honor, you know, I remember, I remember I was recording with Noel Rodriguez and we were getting in a deep dive ish, uh, like, uh, um, about what was it? A blue beam project, blue beam. Right. And Uh it was like a long three hour episode, like huge deep dive. And I clicked into one of my, uh, to the email to bring up something that he had sent me to, to play. And I will be damned if, right there was spotify notification oh. in my email saying that we'd been taken down off of spotify so you, oh, hear, no. like, you hear my <laughs> organic reaction to that while i'm recording i was like oh motherfuckers ah, i feel the same way yeah i just <laughs> i i actually just recorded with um the lady named like the oracle or something and that show's got me a little concerned we went down some rabbit holes for sure so we'll see what happens well if she calls herself the oracle man she needs to come on the white rabbit obviously oh she's good i'm sure she would i'm sure she would she knows some things it's it's interesting for sure she said some stuff that i was like "Uh oh (laughs) so i'm really excited to dive into this topic um we you told me that you're you're like cup of tea is actually i said your your jam was your exact words is yes. <laughs> mormonism exposing and occult uh ties yes that is my jam because i live in utah and probably the biggest per capita of mormons on the planet of the earth um <laughs> and funny enough as different as i look today with my tattoos and asymmetrical hair and all the things I actually was a full-fledged temple ordinance Mormon to the very tip top. I went the whole way and you work for it your whole life. And then I sat there in a room going, what the hell are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing in here? And the only answer that anyone in my family, because this is supposed to be like the best day of your life. All they could say to me was, don't worry, you'll get used to it. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think I will. So like, what do you mean? And what was this day? Was this like some sort of like a a graduation type of a thing into the occult even further? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So what they do on a whole in Mormonism is as you're a child, which I grew up in it, my parents weren't super devout, but my grandma was. And so by the time I was 12, I I actually lived with her. And so um, you're grown up into it. You, you you just every day, like even little four-year-old kids get up and they're like, I like to bear my testimony. I'm like, you can barely say testimony. What are you talking about? You know, and but it all seems normal. Like when you're in it, it and I was a child, child bride. I was 17. He was 25. My parents had to sign like the whole deal. Like I'm a very like right not a polygamist but i'll be damned if he didn't leave me for one but (laughs) that's real that was my next question i was going to ask if you guys left together yeah no he um i think he might still believe but he he's really different so i don't know what he believes anymore it's been too long ago but so when you go to the temple there's only two ways you can really There's a third way that's kind of like a maybe, but the two ways you go through is if you're going to be a missionary, you have to go through and get your temple ordinances. And if you get married in the temple, then, and you're deemed worthy, then you can go through. Well, we had been married, so we hadn't been married in the temple yet. So we worked for this for like over a year and a half and because he was a convert, he was a, a Catholic. So you can't get married in the temple if you're barely brand new into it. And so 
he had to earn all the steps and go up the ropes. And when you get there, you go through, but no one prepares you for this. Okay. And when I went through, it was in the nineties. And so they've changed some things, but I'll tell you what happened to me. And you're not supposed to ever talk about it. Like I will be, they, well, first of all, they consider me going to outer darkness, which is where murderers go because I'm speaking about this. Second of all, it's blood oaths that you take in the temple stating that you'll never talk about this. Very Masonic. But at the time I didn't even know what a Mason was. Like I had, I had no idea. So anyways, long story short, I had no idea. So I thought they were so similar to Jehovah's Witnesses because they always get lumped into the same category. But this is even darker. This is worse. So um, you you have to earn it. And by earning it, you have to be a full 10 percent tithe payer. And when I say 10 percent, you don't just go in and say, yeah, we are. You take your W-2s and you do a tithing settlement like it's taxes. Oh, my. So, yeah. So that's the first step to get in the door. Second step is sexual morality which i mean that's a normal thing in most religions so that one's whatever that's fine um the next one is you can't drink coffee or tea you can't smoke you can't drink alcohol you can't do any of these things so once you're good enough and you've been deemed perfection i guess you can go be more white and delightsome as they say and go to the temple so i made it there and i'm like going in the doors and we're we're in this room and my grandma's like go in there and put this poncho it looks like a poncho on so you put it over your head and it slid up both sides and i'm like but what what do i wear underneath it and they're like no nothing (laughs) so i'm like okay and i'm like eight and a half months really pregnant okay yeah so i'm like this thing isn't even big enough like i'm worried because my belly and all this stuff so Anyway, I'm sitting on this cold stone block, like dressing table type block thing. And I'm thinking, man, this is a really uncomfortable seat for as nice as everything else is in here. I'll tell you why later on that. So this lady comes in and she's blessing my loins, my loins and my body. And they touch you underneath the little, but they don't touch you in your private area, but in that vicinity of that area, it's very uncomfortable. Right. And they're, you know, blessing you. And the whole time, all I can think is women can't hold the priesthood. Women, women can't do blessings. Women are not allowed to. And so we don't have the priesthood. And so I'm thinking she doesn't have the right to do it. Like all I'm concerned about at this point is I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable and this lady is not, like, where's the guy, you know, like, don't we have to do this with a guy? So anyway, apparently I'm not the only one that felt so very uncomfortable because that was changed here recently. I would say within the last, I think maybe five to eight years, they've changed it. So you're not naked anymore. Cause like, hello, everybody's confused. Why am I naked? We're supposed to be super moral. And, and it was just odd. You know, and, and they do this blessing on your body for posterity and your loins and blessings for children and all this stuff. Well, come to find out later, that cold slab I'm sitting on is an altar. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. How do you know if you don't know? You're in it. When you're in it, this all seems like, yeah, this is okay. So A, sac- a sacrificial altar? It's like a, 
I don't know what kind of, I don't know why it's an altar. I found out later it is one. It's dedicated as an altar. So then after that, this is a two hour process this day. So then you go through and you take out your, what's called your endowments. And it is basically, you are learning the, the, I know this now, I didn't know this then. You're learning Freemason handshakes and you're learning different, different signs and like the compass and square Freemason. And there's actually a picture there for that one. You can show it whenever, but it's got people in green aprons and they're showing some of the signs and symbols. And you're not supposed to ever reveal any of this, but you know what? I am not going to cover that any further. Like it's uh, yep, here we are. So these are the signs you do when you're in the room, you go through a reenactment of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. And then you also do these signs and symbols. However, they did get rid of the one where he's cutting his own throat because so many people complained about that one. Okay. <laughs> So you can take that one down. That is temple clothing that men wear. Women also wear it. And the the other photo in there with the veil over the lady's face, that's what the women wear. Because we actually have to shelter our face because we're not worthy because we don't have the priesthood. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I also believe that they changed that as well. So if you're looking at the clothing, Freemasons wear a robe. We wear a robe, that sash robe. Freemasons wear an apron. We wear an apron of fig leaves. That's what that's supposed to be. Freemasons wear a hat. We wear a hat. Freemasons get new underwear. We get new underwear. And funny enough, I think there's a picture in there of the underwear that I sent you with the signs, and it'll have, like, the compass and the square on it. Uh I had no idea that I was wearing this stuff for years. I'm wearing these things. Because they're like, oh, this is for your protection. This is going to help you. This is, you can never take them off except if you're bathing, swimming, or actually trying to have more Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like the three times. And you're immediately supposed to put them back on immediately. You, You wash them though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, they're just like underwear, which funny enough, they sell them. They have the only patent for them. They have the only stores for them and they make quite a bit of money off them. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, yeah, that's a whole different situation with that church. It's one of the richest churches in the world. So that's kind of interesting. Don't see the, uh, the other one. The other one. So there is some symbols on the underwear. They basically look like a Hanes t-shirt and boxer shorts for men. And those are the handshakes that they teach you as well. But yeah, I need to bring this one up earlier. And funny enough, this is a Masonic photo. This is the Freemason handshakes, but they're almost identical. Really? And, and I'll explain why for sure. But so this all happens. You're going through. Then you get a new name, which you are not to ever divulge. And it's your name that will be called so the men get a name and they never speak it again to anyone ever in their whole entire life so i didn't even get to know my husband's because god calls him through the veil but he calls me through the veil so i have to tell him my name 
And my new name was Abigail. And I think, oh, it's this special thing. I'm never supposed to repeat it. But at this point, I'm repeating everything. Like, this is all nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it's a super special thing for me, right? Because that's what they make you believe. So later on, I find out that they give everyone that went to the temple that day the same name for women. (laughs) Yeah. So I got that name. Wow, they can't even pull one out of a hat. They can't even get creative enough. Nope, nope. They just and funny enough, you say pull out of a hat because boy, do they pull some things out of hats in that church. But yeah, so I was like thinking it was a special thing, and I got told later, no, no, this is what it's about. This is why, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? And you have to practice going through to the veil and give these handshakes and symbols and all this stuff. And then on top of that, the prayers that they're doing, like they're talking about, I guess they used to have a reenactment with an actual devil, <laughs> like a guy that, cause some of them are live plays. Some of them are videos <laughs> and some of them are live plays. Okay. Like full on. So I mean, kind of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Like, you're so scared and you're young and you're just like, what's happening? You know, and you've just been like traumatized with the naked thing and given these totally ugly underwear, like go clear down to your knee, like grandma bloomers. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, all this stuff. And then, and then they hit you with some other stuff and then they start praying around this book. So if anyone ever tells you, can I pray for you and put your name in the temple book? Let me explain what that means before you say yes to that. They take this book and all the names that get called in that week, it's electronic, whatever they print it off and they all chant around it and they bring their arms up and they're like chanting with their faces covered (laughs) in a circle. And I'm just like, I got to get out of here. Like I'm starting to have like a full fledged panic attack. What what are they chanting? What's that? What do they chant? They, Oh, they say, Oh God, hear the words of my mouth. Okay, but funny story is, is it used to be Pele'el, which means, oh, false God, hear my words in Hebrew. So they used to say that, but then they changed it. See, so many changes, so many changes. So people started wondering that when it became available to be able to look up Hebrew and do that kind of thing, they're like, why are we saying this? And so they changed it because they're smart like that. They're not stupid. And so that, you know, to make everyone feel comfortable, now we don't get naked. To make everyone feel comfortable, now we say, oh, God, hear the words of my mouth. But they don't say, oh, Jesus Christ, hear the words of my mouth. And I don't know exactly who they're praying to in there. But I know this, since I was a child, because I had a really hard life, um, with obviously getting taken away, living with my grandma by 12 years old. Like, it was a rough go for me. So I knew God. I didn't know God from church then, but I knew there was a God and I knew I talked to him often and I wasn't really sure what I was doing, but I knew that I felt a certain kind of way when you pray. Right. And I never felt that there. I felt scared. I felt uh, intimidated. I felt overwhelmed. I felt panicky. It was not a good feeling. This was not good. And it wasn't like I only went one time. Um, I did try to keep going for years and years and years. And I'm not the only one, 
you know, this is. And so then you go to the veil and you do that whole thing with your husband. Well, okay. So at the end of this all, you go to bow at an altar and you get sealed to your husband for time and all eternity, not just for now. And they have these mirrors. And if you know anything about like John D and black mirrors and weird stuff and like eternity mirrors, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you can look in the mirror and it goes on forever. Uh, I do know those mirrors. Yes. Okay. So they're kind of like majorly occult. You're not really supposed to do that with mirrors. And I, they have you look in the eternity mirror, which they have set up like that. So you can see on forever, you two bowing on your knees at this altar and you don't wear your wedding dress there. You, if you do wear your wedding dress and you're a brand new bride, you wear those clothes over the top of it. Wow. Yeah. So, and there's no, I do, there's no mom and dad. If your parents aren't worthy to go in the temple, they can't come. If your family's not worthy to go in the temple, they can't come. So they've gotten really big here doing like extra reception weddings or like another type of wedding, but it was a big deal. And I remember just thinking, wow, I'm so glad we're the hell out of here. Like I just, I was like, okay, let's get out of here. So then the next time you go through, you do this whole two hour thing again, but you do it for dead people. Yeah. So what do you do at the very end in front of the eternity mirror for dead people? You seal them to their husband or wife. So my husband would be the man and his, and I would be the wife and we would have their birth date, their death date. And that's why Mormons are so obsessed with genealogy. Genealogy is a huge ordeal for Mormons because they need all these names. They need dates, birth dates, proof of death, blah, 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 all this stuff. And they put it into these church records. And I know because my grandma was a church missionary for genealogy and they put all these big, huge genealogy trees together so that that people can be given these names. If you don't have like, say you did all your family, your family's done because like my grandma, she was crazy about it. So ours were done. We would go and just have to get a name given to us by somebody from who knows what. We didn't even know these dead people. They're just dead people. So, man, that's just fucking weird. Oh, it get oh my gosh! And so then I'm like asking questions, like, well, what if they don't want this? Or I mean, isn't that kind of against the free will? Or like, what about Mother Teresa and she never gets married? She can't go to heaven because if you don't get married, you can't go. So I'm like, what about her? She's like a really good person, you know. I'm asking all these questions, and they're like. No, God works all that out later or, oh, they can reject it if they want to reject it or they can receive it if they want to receive it. But there was always just these skate around answers, you know. Right. And I'm I'm like, this just feels weird. Like, I mean, every time I go, I'm like, it's not like I gave up after like one or two times. This was years and years and years of my life. And so I'm like, this is like not changing for me. Like, I don't feel like this is God. Like this feels like crap, you know? And then you start hearing about all the Freemasonry and the Freemason symbols and all that. There's like a straight up pentagram on some of the temples. Yeah. Well, I've seen those, I've seen those images. So that's what kind of got me interested, but I have not taken the time to really fully dive into it. Well, and this stuff, what you wouldn't be able to find unless you knew an ex member like me, who's willing to spill the tea because 
even people like on big podcasts that I've seen that do ex Mormon stuff, they don't talk about the temple stuff often because they all are afraid to go to hell. And I know I'm not going to hell for that. Oh, so they believe that they really binded themselves with something in there. Yes. I mean, I mean, you take a blood oath. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I want to hear, I want to hear about this blood oath. What do you do? You cut your hand. So you say, well, not literal. You take like a theoretical blood oath, that you will never speak of it, that you will spill your guts first. They took out the guts part because it. Oh no. What just happened? Can you hear me? They, they still had that in there till maybe 1980 something. And so, and then they stop doing that, but they still make you say the words that you will not, you will not repeat what I'm telling you right now. Any of the things that happen in there. And so even the people that get out and do podcasts, they're like, well, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to step on toes. This is sacred to them. I understand all that, but there's a point where you have to be a whistleblower. I'm not trying to hurt anyone. Half of my family is still in, they think we're crazy, you know? Right. And, and I'm, I try with them to be really careful or cautious. And I try with my podcast to always ask people if they're LDS first so that I don't, I don't give them, (laughs) I'm like, just don't go to it. You're not going to like it. But I feel like at some point you have to say what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. And, and how can that happen if it's like shaded in secrecy constantly? I, I don't think that can happen. Well, thank God for so, you. This is awesome. Um, thank I, you. Some ideas. I think it would be very cool to put together your story in an AI, um, like an AI video yeah. thing. Oh, <laughs> what we did. Oh, it's so, and there's like transcripts where I can download the specific wordage of what we say. And it's some crazy stuff. And they also believe in like, they believe God is not one God. There's God is separate from Jesus is separate from the Holy ghost. There are three. They believe in a like a three person Godhead. And they also believe they believe so many crazy things, but I want to founder crazy things. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I don't know if I should keep going on this part or go backward to the founder. It's all wild. It's all. Yeah. Let's get into the founder. Okay. So the founder of this religion is Joseph Smith jr. Right. And he was maybe his story is he was 14, 15. He didn't know which church to join. So he read the scripture that said, if you want to know what's up, go ask of a God and, and pray about it. So he did. I truly 110% believe his story because it is so similar to that of John D, to that of Aleister Crowley, and what what did all these people do? To that of Hubbard, to that of other people, because they all wrote books to make a what religion? Okay, all of them. And so I truly believe he saw a vision because he was praying and he said he saw angels come down, and one was God the Father. He said he literally saw God, which no one's ever seen God. The five, no one, and so he said he saw him and Jesus Christ, or no, I think it was Jesus Christ, but he he saw 24 angels by the end of this, so hard to remember. And he said that they came and told him that you're gonna make your own religion, so you got to go find these golden plates, and they're buried in this hill in the middle of New York. Okay, pause that for a moment. This kid came 
from a family that worshiped and there's some quotes in there and a picture of the chicken snake god which is abraxas and his mother lucy has an actual quote which people can go look up about serving that is a chicken It it is I promise you it is. It's like a horrible cut and paste graphic designer that made that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. A horrible chicken snake. But it was the only one I could find with his name. So that particular um, demon is over gnosis and he's over knowledge and he's an over enlightenment. So this would make like complete sense. If you think of this, he's also over being able to deceive people and be very deceptive on his looks, et cetera, et cetera. So he can morph into whatever. So this, he's also a necromancer. Okay. Remember that. Wait, is he, why is he portrayed as this with the chicken head? The chicken snake God. Yeah. Is that a whip that he's holding? I think it is a whip. The whip and the shield. So I know that the double like snakes is on. representative. <laughs> it's representative of duality, like good and evil, because Carl Jung even talked about Abraxas and, and the psychologist, Carl Jung. And so it's pronounced young, but J-U-N-G. And so he actually was one of the people that spoke about this and that he's one of the great like argons, you know, of, of his story, like Jung's psychological philosophy and so anyway abraxas it represents the good and evil on the bottom his head is a chicken because he's a deity of the sun so sun sun worship you know they wake up in the morning and cockadoodle do so that's what i found on that but he was a known uh product of necromancy and he was a necromancer, which I feel like is important because Joseph Smith gets so into this this whole death thing. So I'll, I'll explain that. So he Wait, his Joseph parents start humping dead people. No, not that I know of, but I think he dug up his dead brother. Interesting. I'm not positive, but there was a clip in there that I sent you about the newspaper stuff. But I'll explain. So his his parents weren't typical Christians. His mother served the house of a Brack, which is a Braxis, which also sounds familiar. Abracadabra. That's where we get that from. Um, and she even has a quote that they can't erase anywhere because she put it in a book and it was an actual biography that about serving the house of a Brack. And they were known treasure diggers. They were known um, seers. They were known diviners, divining rod people and the father was very similar, except he was less religious than the mother. And so what year was Joseph, this? This was like in the 20s. Oh, this is like in the 1800s. It, oh. Like he, he was born in the 1800s. So his parents, I'm, I'm sure they're first generation okay. to America, I bet. And so it's it's been said that they feel that maybe they're Irish, which a lot of this stuff would make sense coming from there because there was a lot of folklore type folk magic and that's what the church blows it off as it's folk magic blah blah blah. so this kid he's born to these parents and they've had a bunch of kids i think they got 11 kids total at the end but he's born in a call do you know what i'm talking about in the bag in the sack when you're born sometimes it's really pretty rare even nowadays for the whole bag of water to come out intact Oh wow! So 
yeah back then it was like a sign of like oh he's gonna be but it was also kind of witchy but they his dad went around telling everyone in town he's gonna be a seer he's gonna be a seer he was born in a call on december 23rd i can't remember the year which is right by the equinox so anyway he he's normal for the most part until he's about eight years old when he comes down with typhoid and when he gets the typhoid it hits his leg and sometimes it will give you like an internal uh bone infection or or muscle infection so they were trying to cut his leg off and the mother was absolutely she was a healer and all this she found somebody else that wouldn't do that and did an actual operation to save his leg where they only removed the the dead parts and the infected parts but they did this to him December, any anesthesia December 3rd December 23rd 1805 there you go yes and so he was when he was a roughly 8 he had this horrible surgery and he was lame for like months and months and months and months and months and so I'm he's not, in the I'm house not familiar with typhoid what exactly so does typhoid it usually doesn't go this deeply into the tissues and all his family pretty much recovered from it. A lot of them just got like sick, normal sick, like vomiting, diarrhea, really sick, lost weight. You, you lay around, you're just very sickly, but he got it internally to where it went and attacked his leg. So his leg actually had like osteomyelitis in the bone and it's a rare complication. Like I said, he was pretty young. And so they did this surgery. Uh-oh. What is up, conspiracy junkies? If you've fallen down the rabbit hole of captivating conspiracies and can't get enough of the White Rabbit Podcast, I got you covered. In introducing WhiteRabbitPodcast.com, your ultimate destination for all things that let you proudly show off your conspiracy-loving side. From shirts that spark conversations to mugs that fuel your late night listening sessions. I've designed a range of gear that's perfect for embracing your inner conspiracy enthusiast. Imagine this, you're rocking a white rabbit jacket, sipping your favorite drink, no judgment here, from a mug that speaks to your fascination with hidden truths, or even a t-shirt that identifies you as a proud conspiracy junkie. It's more than merch, it's a statement. And here's the best part, every purchase you make directly supports the White Rabbit Podcast. You become a vital part of this journey, ensuring that these mind-bending episodes keep coming your way. Whether you're decoding government secrets, diving into cryptid phenomena, or pondering the shape of our earth, whiterabbitpodcast.com has the gear that lets you wear your favorite theories loud and proud. So don't just be a listener, become a walking meme and make heads turn with your I don't give a f- style visit whiterabbitpodcast.com today explore all the captivating collection and gear up to show the world that you're a true conspiracy junkie thanks for being a part of our conspiracy community and remember keep digging down those rabbit holes and now back to your regularly scheduled program <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I had to go away. <laughs> okay. So now that we're back from my commercial break, um, <laughs> yes. from uh, our commercial induced break from Abraxas speaking, no one's <laughs> people, people listening and watching this have no idea how long that break was, but, um, oh my gosh, we are back. Oh. We are back. So, 
what the frick were we getting into? <laughs> well, we were talking about demons, which is why um, I'm assuming we had some demonic uh, sucking of all our energy there. Yeah. But we're back. We're we are back. back. We're back, baby. <laughs> We're back. We were learning about Joseph and his weirdo parents. And so when he was eight and he had the typhoid in his leg, he um, actually was sick for a long time because back then they really just cut off their legs most of the time. But his mom was having none of that. And so she actually was really smart as a healer because what they did was they took out the parts like what we would do today as a nurse this makes sense to me. They just took out the dead pieces and the splinters and let it heal. But like any person that's stuck at home healing in bed, he had not a lot to do. So he ended up having to read books and he didn't have a whole lot of choice. I mean, this is people that are living in a one room to two room cabin with 11 kids. So wow. I, I, pretty sure one of the books and I can't prove this, but I can semi prove this from some of the occult drawings that you're going to see. I'm almost certain one of them was the Magus, which is a really strong occult book. And so it only makes sense to me that he knew a lot of the things he knew for later in life that will serve him well. And let alone that his parents were really into this stuff. So they became really known in that area as uh, treasure seekers. This was, they weren't very good at farming. They didn't really like to do that. So it wasn't, I don't think it was for lack of uh, the actual farm like producing it was they didn't like to work and they stayed up all night and they were out doing this treasure hunting. So um, they made it a, big thing where he was inside the house and he was um, a scryer and he would have like automatic writing sessions because he was the virgin scryer inside the house, getting the information from the treasure angels that were guarding the treasure. And they started like swindling all their neighbors. <laughs> and so <laughs> they started getting money from these people and like, um, it got to the point where actually as he aged, he, he was actually taken to court for it, which was really rare. People kind of brush it off, but there's proof. There's like a literal court case involved on it and he was found guilty. But the thing is, it's kind of like taking someone to court for jaywalking. It wasn't prosecuted back then, unless you were really being an ass. <laughs> so he was really swindling everyone in his whole area to the point where there's multiple accounts from neighbors that had said, you know, he, they were doing this, they were doing that. And one of the weird things that they had done is they had, um, talked one of the neighbors into slitting the throat of a black sheep in the middle of the night at like three in the morning. And in a, in oh, a three in the morning, circle. Huh? Interesting. Yes, and they did it with this knife. And I think I included the knife in there for you, but it's a, a knife that has a sigil on it. And the sigil is of Mars. Um, it's kind of like an old Hebrew symbol so that when they, when they slit the animal's throat, it's kind of like a blessing on the animal. So it was all occult driven even back then. This is when he's like a kid. So the knife might not be in there, but um, so anyway. So <clears throat> the fact that he was taken to court and convicted of swindling, yes. 
You don't yes. think that maybe he could have swindled the biggest swindle of them all and said, I found these fucking stones and all these I fucking so. angels were talking to me. Well, and on top of it, his story changed multiple times over the years. And, and actually, so here's what we get told. And there's this beautiful picture in the church and he's praying on the ground and there's angels and it's all white light. And that he got given the plate by the angel Moroni and it kind of made me laugh when I got out like moron Moroni. It, I mean, come on. But anyway, the angel Moroni gave these golden plates that are supposedly like this huge stack of gold. And these plates after all these years, he kept trying to get them. And then he did something bad and the angel went given to him and back and forth and back and forth. So in the, in the church, when we learn about this, we're like, Oh, he's getting so good and it's a white light and the golden plates and it's so wonderful. And actually what happened was he swindled so many people that he ended up running away with his soon to be wife, Emma got married to her in secret because her dad hated him so bad because of his reputation. <laughs> and he had been digging for treasure with and for her dad. So he had no love for this guy. <clears throat> and, uh, so they go out and get married and they come back and they go to this special hill that's like right in his backyard. I mean, couldn't be any easier. And they start digging and he gets these plates and it's at midnight, all dressed in black, like right after he got married. It's not like what we see in the church. It's all bright lights and beautiful angels. And no, it was they had to be dressed all in black and it was on the fall equinox. Oh man, this is so yeah. fucking demonic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. See, you wonder why all the electricity things went haywire. Um, and so <clears throat> after he got these so-called plates, he, he couldn't show them to anybody. He got them, but he couldn't show them to anybody. And there's a South Park episode on this that's just hilarious. But <laughs> Ryan if, Dean if is gonna Ryan Dean yeah. is gonna love that you brought that up. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's like the best thing ever because he gets some other guys to back him on this. And this guy that helps him, the first one, his wife was like, nah, I want to see because you're spending all your money and time and all this stuff, Martin Harris. And she's like, I want to see it, Lucy Harris. And because he's spending all of he's spending a fortune. And she so she finally gets him talked into doing it. And he brings the manuscript, manuscript, not the plates themselves. She could go over and feel the plates like in a special bag he made, but that was all anybody ever had. And so long story short, she kept the, the chapters, burned them and said, now tell me what they said. Cause she read them first. <laughs> so in the South Park episode, the whole episode is like dumb to dumb, dumb, dumb. And then when it gets to her part, they're like smart, so smart, smart, smart. <laughs> and I love, I love that because it's funny, but it's true. This is what they really So were, were they able to recreate the writings? No, guess what happened? What because happened? she did that, because she did that. God told him not to do it. <laughs> He's oh. no dummy. He is smart. I mean, he didn't swindle 34 wives for nothing. Like, come on. Uh, he Is that where the multiple wives started? 
Well, now that came later, but that was hidden from the church members for years. Most of us all thought he didn't do polygamy, that it came like afterward. But then we found out actually his polygamy was secretive and he married other people's wives, which is actually against the law of polygamy. So polygamy is not you take somebody else's wife while they're on a mission, which is what he would do. He would send them out to go, oh, go preach the word and <laughs> get a new wife, you know, or he had like adoptive children because what happened? He had all these kids. I can't remember the number, but half of them died. I think five oh, wow. of 11 of his children died at birth or shortly after. And if you know anything about a cult, I mean, and the sacrifice and the deals. So this first baby that he had and also his brother happened to die. So his brother died right before these plates came out of the earth. And then wait, wait, wait. He was, so he's sacrificing babies and his brother. I think he <laughs> is that did. what you're and alluding to here? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like maybe so because his brother was, he was told by the angel and I truly believe he saw an angel and not by mushrooms. People all go into the like, Oh, he did magic mushrooms. No. If you go read about Hubbard, go read about Crowley and, and what he saw with, with the Lima and the alien that came to him, Awas. And if you go read about John D and the aliens that came to him, they, there is so many stories of, of angels. Okay. Where do we get the Enochian alphabet from John D right so he saw something that gave him these sigils that Joseph himself used. And so I truly believe because on a couple of those parchments, if you want to put those up with the weird drawings on there that look like hieroglyphic, weird um, markings. This one. They, yes. And look at how evil this looks. And if you know anything about this, like. It, the Rosicrucian cross is on there. There's sigils on there. And actually these sigils are invoking angels. They're, they're actually invoking to the angels. So there's that one. There should be another one that looks weird, like some kind of tribal drawing. And there should be a total of three. And that's another one. That's his alphabet that he used to, uh, he says he translated the book of Mormon with this alphabet. There's no way this alphabet's completely Enochian. He got his hands on that Enochian alphabet. This is a protection binding sigil. And you can see it in the four corners where it says bind. And then there's one last one with the circle and it looks like a spiral. Um, and that one's I might called not, the... I might not that's have okay. got that one. It, that one just looks like a big circle corkscrew. And it says Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. And this is his seer oh, wait. stones. Wait, wait. There's his dagger. And wait, so his dagger. The, this was his dagger. Uh, oh, wait, one back. This was a, the yes, dagger you were talking about. The dagger and the dagger has the, the actual inscriptions on them for the seal of Mars and different astrology, which is supposedly demonic and against the Bible. Right. Right. And I what mean. would he need a dagger for unless he was sacrificing things? He was. And that was his sacrificial dagger. That was the only thing. And I'll get to that. Okay. Talisman. But um, let me get so out of here. these sigils and that little um where am I? Let me get out of here. A bag that he had, the messenger bag. They said that the church came out and said, "No way, it's not his." But it was in his family, and his family said, "Yes, it was." 
but his family ended up not following the church because they broke off and did their own sect because they didn't want to do polygamy. And so he said an angel came to him and told him if he didn't do polygamy, that he would cut his head off with a sword. And so that's the whole reasoning why he was able to do polygamy. However, these guys that all backed him at the very beginning, that Harris guy and another guy, Oliver Cowdery, both were excommunicated from the church because they came against Joseph because they knew he was fooling around in the hay. His own wife caught him with one of their little babysitter nanny. And so he said, oh, no, no, because God said it was okay. She's going to she's my wife. So. These are, these are celestial marriages. They're not actual marriages. So. Well, God did just, say go forth and be fruitful, right? Well, he was <laughs> fruitful for sure. But half of them are dead. Like I said, back to the death. So his first child after his brother dies and the angel said, bring the brother. Well, they can't bring the brother because he's dead. And so the dad goes and publishes and you can go Google this people. The dad goes and publishes a whole thing in the newspaper saying, I would never dig up my dead son. And anybody that says so is crazy. And everybody's like, nobody said that. (laughs) And so they're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Why are you talking about desecrating your son's grave? And he and he just wrote this big paragraph talking about how that could not that wouldn't happen, that that wasn't them. So. Very, kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, putting a big spotlight on you. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And then this this night after he gets the plates, remember he had just gotten married. So nine months later, they have this baby and they name it the dead brother's name. And this baby is severely deformed, like completely crazily deformed and dies hours after birth. Oh. Yeah. So this gets like scary dark, but nobody talks about this stuff. Like if you go ask some Mormon on the street, they're not going to know this stuff. I promise they just think it's about families and they have a great community and they have a great like feeling of inclusiveness, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. And it's a do, comfort you, thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it does make you feel like you belong, you know, and and they have great family values and all this stuff until you have to go do occult magic in the temple. And so for years I didn't go. And so for years I'm like, that's oh, the best thing ever. This is the greatest shit ever because I've never talked to anybody that like <laughs> talked about this kind of stuff. So this is fucking <laughs> awesome. I am super excited about this. Let's fucking go. So <laughs> no one, no one will ever talk about this because they're still secretly afraid that they're going to go to hell. And I'm not because I know who God is. And I found God after I got out and and God is not that stuff. No, he's definitely not. All right. Let's reel you back in here. So we got, we got Joseph Smith and his father who started a different sect getting together in the middle of the night to fucking dig up the brother's fucking grave. And I want to ask you a question because as you, as you said that his first, uh, firstborn was highly deformed and given his brother's name, do you think Mm -hmm. that they were trying to invoke his dead brother into this baby or maybe even a demon of sorts? I think it was a sacrifice. I think it was. So that's why they, that's why they gave Mm -hmm. it the same name because they wanted him to sacrifice his brother, but his brother had already fallen victim to whatever succumbed his death. 
or yeah. unalive. And it was really sudden. It was like a really sudden illness. And he was the only one in the family that made any money. They ended up losing their home. They ended up having to crop share after that. I mean, it was really bad for them, but I feel like the brother was the first uh, bargain so that the family would sacrifice. And I feel like the baby was his sacrifice. So gotcha. I feel like they were like two separate situations because it had to have been his father, you know, it has to be the bloodline. So I feel his father who was a 33 degree Mason. And so was Joseph Smith. And so was his other brother, Hiram, which nice name, right? Like Hiram Abiff. Um, so they all were 33 degree Masons. And I feel like the dad had to also offer a sacrifice and that was his son. So I feel like Joseph sacrificed the baby and his father sacrificed his son. Wow. In my opinion. This in is my opinion. fucking awesome. I love this. <laughs> I love this shit. This is why I do this shit. This is fucking great. All right. It's like insane. Nobody, you would never think the guys that come knock on your door with their little name tag would be like, and they probably don't no, know. They don't stuff. know the better. They probably go no. their entire lives. Some of them and not even fucking witness this side of it. No. No, they don't know this stuff because I know why, because I didn't know this stuff. See, I will and tell so, you that the, the Church of Latter-day Saints was a very huge part of my teenage years, not because I attended their services, but because they were the only church in town that would let me skateboard yeah. in their parking lot. Ah, so you you know hey it's a so good thing i spent you i spent more time i spent more time there than the mormons did so. oh my gosh well it's a good thing you stayed outside yes right? <laughs> yes definitely so he gets this seer stone he gets this peep stone while he's out digging some of these holes for treasure and he and he's got a it's a rock it looks like a rock and and you'd flashed it before up there so he says this stone helps him to translate yep that's one of them and then there's like a brownish colored one and they're both seer stones and seer stones have been used by other like witchcrafty stuff but he really liked this brown one and we were told as kids that the the plates were translated like there's pictures of them sitting and by the candlelight just writing that's not how it was there the real story came out later because martin harris the guy whose wife burned all the pages she they said he stuck his head in a hat and covered it with this stone in there. And I think it was more like automatic writing. He would tell the other guy, but I don't think he was making it up. Now, do I think he had his own parts in it? For sure. He was a Mason. There's Masonic stuff. He, and one guy that reviewed the Book of Mormon said, it's like everything that we talk about in the town circle and mixed in together with occult stuff. And so... I mean, granted, I think some of that's in there, but I do think he saw some things that were real. He said he saw 24 angels of different angels, including his dead brother and all these things. So I obviously he was into more than God. That's not very that's not what God says. The right. Bible says that the dead go bury their dead. They're dead. They're gone now. He, he even tells us to be very careful to be wrapped up in death and not to be a necromancer and all these things. So I'm, I'm pretty certain that's not God's way from everything that I know. 
So he continues on for years and years and he becomes pretty high up, like I said, in the Masons. And one month after he goes through the Mason ceremony, the Mason's temple ceremony, he makes his own temple ceremony for the LDS people. And he changes it just a little bit. And it's much different now, apparently, than when it first started. But it it's like a mixture of this Freemasonry and this weird occult stuff. And so one of the presidents of the church said, of course, it looks like Freemasonry. We have the true uh, godly Masonic, the godly Mason. And I'm like, that's so crazy. There's no way (laughs) that's not. And they're trying to like say, yeah, well, it's that way because but we have the truth. We know the truth. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So he's not the only Mason to be a president of the church. There's been multiple Masons that were high level Masons. So he keeps going through this. He's marrying everybody's wives. He's pissing people off because then the Freemasons start hearing that he's got more members in his church because he starts just indoctrinating everybody into the, the Masons. And they have more members in his little town in Nauvoo where than the whole chapter. So they're getting like sketched out. They're well, like, he must have oh. been very charming at the same time, though. Oh, they said that he could not be in a room with you <clears throat> and you stay mad at him. That's how charming he's said to be. And I mean, come on, he's sweet talking little girls into marrying him. Some of these girls are really young. I think the youngest one was 14. Yeah, see, see, and, this is fucking that Jeffrey Epstein bullshit. Yeah. Oh, and he, honestly, if you go look up Jeffrey Epstein's picture and compare it to Joseph Smith's picture, you'll die. I should have put that in there. It's so funny. We'll, it, we'll add that. They I'm going to add that. <laughs> so similar. Go, go look, or I'll send it to you later, but it's hilarious. So he, he's like going all around. They say he only had these kids with his wife too and i'm like wait a minute he's got all these wives he's obviously uh fertile she's been pregnant 11 times where's the other kids you know like there's no way and they they have this song and dance that there's a you know no other kids but the only other kid that has been rumored was one lady that ended up marrying the next prophet and his wife they said she fell down the stairs but there's another account that says his wife beat the tar out of her and she miscarried. Oh, so, I don't know which story is true, but I mean, I get it, sister. Like, <laughs> I would do that, too. <laughs> Maybe not to kill a baby, but I'd beat her butt a little. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was bad. So he ends up in a situation, him and his brother, Hiram. They're all over the place trying to spread this gospel, saying they've got this book. They finished the book now. He's had all these people backing him that have he's thrown them out of the church now that he doesn't need them anymore. He's excommunicated them like out. And so that was kind of strange. He goes in to have this book printed and the printers from his area know that he's so full of crap that he makes a satire called the book of Pukei, P-U-K-E-I. And it's like a full on joke on the whole thing because <laughs> they're like 
this is crap. We can't let this happen. And they're, they're going to like make people believe this. And so he makes this funny, funny satire book, but then they ended up shutting that down and saying, Oh, we have copyright and whatnot. So, but that book, that book, if anybody's Mormon and they're out, go find that online book of P U K E I. It's, it's hilarious. Book of so, P U K E I. I'm going to look yeah, that like, up. Pukey eye, because it, it's like the same kind of things. Like, and it shall come to pass, blah blah blah. And, and he makes like fun of it the whole time. It's it's so funny. And they said he never had these ideas at all about any of this, other than just straight treasure digging, until one guy came to town, and it was actually a distant relative of his new wife's, it's like a cousin, and his last name is Lumens, which means what light. Right. It's too much. It's like too coincidental. No, there is no such thing as coincidence. Yeah. I was like, this is wild because apparently this guy took him under his wing and showed him like, Hey, look, if I read this Greek book to people, they don't know what it is. And they think I'm really special because I can read Greek. So to them, it's like, you know, Oh, he can do this. So, but then the next thing that happens is Joseph finds a book like this book. So uh -huh. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm on the team of half of it's BS, but I do think he saw straight up demons. And I do think he made a deal and got pretty afraid because he was martyred very young. Uh, they got sick of this crap after you don't mess with the Masons. Like, not even now. Like if you mess with the Masons, you're going to probably take a dirt nap. And he was making all this stuff his own and, and then marrying everybody's wives. So they stuck him in jail and he was actually tarred and feathered before that. And then he was killed pretty oh, young. He was, yep, he was and tarred and feathered. I had no idea. Yes. Okay. He was tarred so and feathered too, I have a him and his brother. I have so, a surprise for you. His brother that yeah. died years and years before. Uh, his other brother. He had another one named Hiram. Oh, like and Hiram they were killed. Bill. They were killed, killed together. They were both in jail. Yes. Oh, okay. And so they were, they were killed together, which I was like, okay. They, they say that he kept the word of wisdom up till the very end, but yet in that jail, they had like seen that he had been drinking in the jail because they knew he was going to die. I think they gave him some wine or whatever. And then Bruno. the brother, yeah, the brother was shot. I think I'm not sure. I think he was shot around. I can't remember, but yeah, they were both martyred. And uh. so that, that became even bigger mess later because it, you know, it just edifies the person. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, there's another one that is so, like their faces are like bananas. So this is the one that I was able to come up with and it, and it yes. has a side by side for people bet. just listening uh -huh. and not watching on Rockfin like um, <laughs> they should be. Um, so yes. right Watch here, it, it's got side by side of Jeffrey Epstein and Joseph Smith. Now the Joseph Smith is a painting. However, the similarities are very striking. Um, yes. And it says, what do these men have in common? Characteristic narcissists. Uh, used their power to build secret sex rings, targeted 14 to seven year old, 17 year old girls. And I'm pretty sure that Epstein went a lot younger than that. And, oh, yeah. uh, 
experts at grooming victims. So yeah, yep. that about sums it up, man. That's about I'm everything you've been you. telling me about this guy. He, he he sounds very much like a Jeffrey Epstein. And they said he's just like so charming. You couldn't even stay mad at him. And I think that was why the people there had had enough of it because they were not in the church. They were the Masons outside of that. And they're watching him just like take over everything and charming the pants off of literally off of <laughs> <laughs> right. everyone. And so they're like, that's enough, you know, that's enough of this. And they finally stopped it. And actually I can't remember the guy's last name, but William, I, I should have wrote that down. William something. He was really famous in the Masons and he became a Mason. Shakespeare. And then he, he left and he was going to expose Masonry and he went on an anti-Mason tirade during this time and he was killed, but they never proved it. He just was disappeared. He was, I don't know how much I can say on here. William I Morgan. I, I better be William Morgan. And guess what? Joseph Smith married his widow. <laughs> You got to be fucking kidding me, dude. This no, just gets not. better and better. <laughs> and when I, I mean, when somebody's got to make a fucking movie about this shit. It was so good. And then when I'm like, what, like going through everything, I'm thinking it said she was the only one that showed up to the funeral, like a wife, like in all black. And his wife was there and he's brought, she's like, probably like, she sounds scrappy anyway. She's probably lucky she didn't get it handed to her, but. Well, she you uh, deserved it. You know that uh, Hubbard stole uh, Jack Parsons' wife, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and John D. The original with John D. and the Enochian um, alphabet. His scryer Edward Kelly. They had to do a sex swap, and she got pregnant, and he had to raise his kid. Oh my god, dude! I don't understand <laughs> <Yeah>. these people. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's always about sex magic. And who else seen angels? Muhammad. Okay. What does he have? Polygamy is really big in their religion. Women are second class citizens in their religion. Like they're all of these religions have either really strict, weird, legalistic, strange, like things for women or, and, or sexual like type abuse situations. So and I definitely, so, yeah. uh, well, I had Amanda Ray mm -hmm. on and we, we delve into um, sex magic a little bit while she was yes. on and she was talking about the positive aspects of sex magic and doing it with the right partner and for the right reasons. And then well, also, not demons. no, well, she was also <laughs> talking about like, if you, uh, for females, when you have sex with a male, you're actually in, you're taking in all like a part of them and you carry that with you for up to seven years. And oh, wow. so like all of their baggage, their demons and everything is so like, man, I, I you know, like promiscuous women i don't think uh the reason i think the reason why most of them are so depressed is because they're taking on all this extra baggage and don't even oh, fucking and don't even point. realize it that's a good point because i mean i i don't know for my own life because i got i've been married most of them <laughs> i've been i mean i got married at 17 there was no wild times you right. know i was just went from married and then got married so, but I know from other people that I've spoke with, it doesn't ever make them feel like, oh, I feel so great because I'm so hot, you know, and I'm not an ugly girl. Like I could probably do that. But like, what are you getting from that? Well, like, I would rather be known to be like, 
I sp- oh, she's smart, you know, or right. whatever. I spent years of my life chasing women <laughs> and I don't know why I had to touch the stove so many fucking times, but I got, got into, burns. yeah, man, I got into some extremely yeah. bad relationships that lasted way too long because they were toxic. And I knew like in the very beginning, I'm like, Oh, I need to back out of this one. But I'm like so yeah. stubborn that I never did. And then when I wasn't with somebody, when I, right. When I wasn't with somebody, then I was just chasing women for the wrong reasons. And, you know, like trying to get more notches on my bedpost basically. Right. And every single time I did that, it's like in the moment you're like, yes, you know, like this is going to happen. And then almost every single time, halfway through, if I wasn't drunk halfway through, right. I was like, what in the fuck am I doing? <laughs> And then if I was drunk, and then if I was drunk the next day, it's like, you know, you hear about that term, the walk of shame. I would have like an entire week of shame, you know, like I would just beat myself up, like not knowing why I would do this shit. And it took me a long time. I had to like get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to go a year without having sex just to prove to myself that I could do it. And then once, once I did that now, like the women that I've been looking at, it's like, now I'm extremely, extremely choosy because. Yes. Well, and I think what you said about the energy. Okay. So if you go backward to like Freud, okay. And if you go to symbolism, Freud had this, um, idea of, uh, and my job, I'm, I'm a psych nurse. Now I was a regular nurse for like 20 years, but the last five years I've been a psych nurse. So, I mean, I, I keep bringing up these psychologists and that's why. So with Freud, he had this idea if, if like an artist painted a painting and he was in fury, even if it was a painting of something beautiful, like a baby or whatever, it would still transfer that energy, you know? And I truly believe now, since I've been out of legalism and church I actually figured out all this stuff does mean something because when you're in that, and I don't care what church you're in, listen, if you are so legalistic that your mind can't develop that stagnation and we're not meant to be that way, we are meant to grow and learn and love that's period. And so when you get to that point and you're, you open your eyes, like what you've done with women, like, yeah, maybe that chick looks hot or whatever, but it's not worth that transfer of energy because you know that now. Right. You see what I mean? Yes. So like church is in your heart. Yeah. (laughs) Church is in your soul. Church is in the mountains. Church is in church is not what they make it. That's why people hate church. Oh, absolutely. I I agree with you. Like you're preaching to the choir because honestly, I went, I would tell this story because when I lived in Tennessee and I was living with a, a dear, dear friend and her husband, um, out there given Tennessee a shot and, um, they would go to church every Sunday. And so I would tag along and go. And even though I would pick apart things while I was sitting, I, to myself, I would keep this shit to myself and I would pick apart certain things where I'm like, Oh, that's fucked. That's fucked. That's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) But I love when you're like the person in the room where you're like, Right. I'm like, oh, the preacher has solid gold glasses and a chain. Oh, and 
he, he's wearing more than my car cost. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but yep. anyways, I would still leave there and think about what they were talking about and still feel good and be able to apply yeah. their talk to something positive within my life. Right. So well, I will not knock able to do that. And I will not knock offended. that. It will. Yeah. And plus I'm using discernment and why I'm there yes. and what I can take and what I need to leave there. Yes. Because the whole thing about not, not God, religion, religion is about control. And if you look up in any sermon from Derek Prince, who can be illegalistic, he's passed away, but he's amazing. If you listen to his sermons, he talks about narcissism and control and how it's demonic. And because if anything that takes away what God gave us, what did God give us? He gave us the free will to choose and the free, if we want to go to hell, like he gives us the path. He's like, okay, like I'm not sending you there. You're sending yourself there. I'm not sending anyone anywhere. I'm just giving you this and you can do what you want. If, if God wasn't so liberal that way, then, then how come we have all those choices? If he wanted us perfect, he could do that. That's simple. You know, that's, I, I don't know. And then there's people that don't believe in God at all. And I'm like, okay, I've been a nurse 20 for almost 25 years. And I'm like, dude, do you know how many people I've seen die? They talk to people and they're reaching for things. There's no way there's not something else. I can promise you don't be an asshole here. That's awesome. I like hearing that. (laughs) I I like hearing that because there's been so like not recently, but I went through those stages, you know, because I was raised, uh, I was raised where my mom was in and out of Jehovah's witnesses, uh, as I was growing up. And then after I graduated high school, they fully, fully went in. And now my dad's like an elder and my mom is like yeah. fully indoctrinated at the same time. They're fucking double boosted and jabbed and whatever oh, else. And yeah, that's, that's <clears throat> another thing that they pushed on the Mormons. The Mormon church came out and made a statement, try to be a conspiracy theorist nurse that doesn't believe in religion in the state of Utah. That doesn't want the jab. I, oh shit. I you still live in Utah. Are, are you sure I you want to put this out? <laughs> are you sure you want to put out this episode? <laughs> I don't care. And if they come for me, they can come all day long. I don't care anymore because God put this on my heart. I'm not doing this. I did not start podcasting until God was like, Hey, Hey, you got help, help people. And I was like, I don't know anybody. Like I don't talk to people. Like I talk to people at the grocery store, but I don't like keep those people as friends. Like, well, you're talking to thousands of people right now. So, yep. And so, but it it was on my heart to do it for like a year. I'm like podcasting. Nobody's going to listen to me. And I'm like, I don't even know how to work the stupid thing. You know, like I, (laughs) I'm not going to do good with that, which tonight wasn't that. <laughs> no, you but, know what? Off air, we're going we're gonna to talk and I'm going to yeah. see what I can do to help get you set up a little bit better over there because you definitely have something to say. But let's jump back no. into this because I know it doesn't end with Joseph Smith. It doesn't no. end with no. your experience in the temple. What mm-hmm. else What else can we talk about that you, uh, you want to mm-hmm. blow my mind with? Well, so have you ever heard about Brigham Young? I don't think so. Oh boy. I wish I'd have wrote more down about Mr. Brigham Young. So he was, he took over as the president of the church 
And he was the one that wrote down, and this is um, a quote, it is better for a man to put a sword through his wife and an, another man if he catches her with a black man than let her live. So we got this horribly racist uh, president of the church after that, after Joseph Smith, he became the president of the church. He was also responsible for <laughs> massacres of women and children. Isn't there, he isn't was, there uh, all races uh, associated with the Mormon religion? If you are a person of color and you are in the LDS church and you have not looked up your church history, you need to, because I do not know how you're in the church in that church like any other churches, whatever, but that particular church had specific stance that no black man or man of color could ever have the priesthood ever until 1950s. We're not talking very long ago. And that was only because of the ending of segregation. Did they change their mind? In fact, the story of heaven that we are told as children is that you know the the war in heaven and the third of the angels fell okay with lucifer the people that sat on the fence and watched it happen and didn't make a decision to stay or go became black people they were punished and it's a curse and that also the curse of uh cain was also related to that 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 caused their color there is no way and for me, this became ex excruciatingly upsetting because my mom married a half Native American, half Latin guy. My brother married a black lady. And so did my ex-husband that was the stepmother to my children. And we have this, my sister married a Hawaiian and he's half Hawaiian, half Chinese. So for me, that was a big deal. Like people don't understand that one of the prophets literally said because they were teaching native american people that they were getting more white and delightsome every day that wasn't that long ago that prophet didn't die until the 70s what the fuck <laughs> so anybody that's in that church that is of any color they literally believe you were cursed to get that skin color. That is the biggest crock and you need to run. So were you, that is not God. Were you successfully at the time brainwashed into basically being a racist? Um, I feel like I was pretty naughty about that. My grandparents, what I used to love to do is my grandparents was they weren't old, old. When I say grandparents, they got married at 15 they had their kids all by 19. So I was only a little bit older than my grandparents. You mean younger? So, I mean, younger. They were older than me by a little bit. So what? Maybe they were grandparents by 35, I think. Wow. And so they, because my mom also had me young and I had my kids young. So on and on and on. Not quite that young, thank heavens. But so he, he wasn't an old man. We're not talking about somebody from the 40s or something like my grandpa wasn't that old. He would, he was really racist. And I would say to him, okay, I have a question for you. Cause I, I lettered in debate and I love to debate. 
And so I said, would you rather me marry a like white trash, horrible drug dealing, wife beating piece of scum or a really upstanding black missionary? <laughs> I would do this to my grandpa all the time. And what was his answer though? <laughs> Don't ask me things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always in trouble for stuff like that. So For me, I don't think it ever stuck because I grew up in Pocatello for about 10 years of my younger, younger life. And there's a lot of Native American reservations there. So I always just felt like God made everybody great. Like we're all different, but we're all the same. And I never bought into it. I never like when my brother got married, everybody had a big fit and they were like, oh, my gosh, because when I her she her dad was from Haiti. So she was definitely she wasn't america black right and you know everybody else had a huge ordeal with it the, and I the, was melanonin, like, run, the melanonin yeah. runs thick in that one yes and i was like you guys are so stupid and they're like oh what about your kid it's not gonna look like guess what she does she looks just like him irrelevant irrelevant all around in general i'm like this is so stupid and so for me i never bought into it but boy do people use it to make themselves bigger assholes and wear it with a little badge of pride. I feel, I mean, they've let them have the priesthood now, but it's still kind of frowned upon for interracial stuff and you can feel it. It's not said it's just kind of known, especially in Utah. You have to understand this is like the Mecca of Mormonism. No, I know. I used to want to move there because well, growing up like from second grade, um, I mean, I probably even still do, but I have a thing for redheads for some reason, but hey, I was, I, do too. I was I'm always to super redhead. into blondes <laughs> when I was growing up. And so I'm like, I need to move to Utah and I'll tell oh, you we do. Yeah. a we funny a story. There was a, um, there was a, a show on MTV, I believe it was. And it had the guy from saved by the bell, like, uh, whatever his creature, Zach, or no, the, uh, the other popular uh, one, like, Oh, uh, Slater. The, yeah. Slater. Yeah. Slater. And uh, whatever his real name is. And he was the host of this show and it was like acapella groups. Oh, oh and, okay. And they would go on there and like people would beatbox and then they would sing and it sounded amazing. Like the music, like that movie, right. like that movie, uh, shit, whatever it's called with the that, girl. I know what you're talking about. Does the cup yeah. song. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a group on there on the first or second season and they were from Utah and they were all Mormons. And I had a crush on like one of the main girls. I thought she was like so freaking hot. (laughs) Anyways. There's a lot of blondes here. I'll tell you, I think, and redheads. So my ex-husband's a redhead and my husband's a redhead. Well, there you go. Maybe I should still go to Utah. It's both the ones I like. I might find my, my final woman. (laughs) If you come here, you got to leave later. You got to. You can't get stuck here like I am. See, I'm stuck because then I got kids that have settled. See, my daughter's probably going to marry a redhead. She's been with him for a long time. And I mean, there's all these people that definitely it's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of variety, I would say, but also there's a lot of issues. Yeah, I'm really not trying to date a Mormon. You're like, that's okay. Um, So (laughs) I saw in, in... I don't, it was probably on Netflix. So, you know, I don't really 
take anything on Netflix very seriously because they just, they'll take certain conspiracies or like major things that happen, like the Jeffrey Epstein fucking thing. And they basically right. just, they downplay it so much. And, they do. and so, um, I don't know if it was on Netflix, but I did watch a documentary about the corruption in the Mormon church in Utah and how, yeah. Uh, just a bunch of people were like making forgeries like this one guy in particular. And um, man, I, th- I want to say it was like early on in my show, like in the first like fucking 10 episodes, somebody was saying how the pedophilia is so bad. in some of those uh, some of those congregations do, do you, hopefully you didn't have to witness any um, of that. Okay. I I have not witnessed it, but I have heard some things that are downright scary from people that are still in. So that makes me feel like they're telling the truth because they asked me, I was telling some people at work about this, not this episode, but my other one about Mormonism. And I said, Hey, um, what do you think about this? And she said, well, you do know about the pink room in the temple. Right. And I just was like, I am a astute studier. I've not heard of the pink room. And she said, well, it's like all connected with the pedophilia and the underground tunnels, which there is tons of underground tunnels that connect the temple to all these different areas in the whole city. It's on a grid system. And it, and, and they say that, and I don't know if you're a mud flood person, but they, they say that, they had 143 men, two women, and like seven children come here and build this huge grid system, that big, big, beautiful, intricate, giant ceilings, giant doors, blah, 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 temple. And the only photos that I can find of it are where the temple's already there and they're changing the top. Mm. And it's really interesting. I have those all sent up because I think that this was and and if you are a mud flood and if you believe in the angels and how they say a lot of times they become like mountains. I don't know if you've heard that the mountains. Oh yeah, I've looked into like, that. Yeah, there's actually it's pretty convincing when you look at some of the pictures uh, of these is. mountains. It's weird. And we are covered in mountains in this area and we're down in a valley. And I'm, I'm looking at it once my brain like engaged. Cause like I said, I was as normal as a normie can be until not very long ago. Well, that's a great segue (laughs) into a question that I freaking didn't get to ask you in the beginning of this show. So, you know, everybody has their Oh shit moment. And, uh, I, I used to say, what was your red pill moment? But I've come to realize (laughs) that we all take a certain dosage of red pills throughout our lives. And so we're all at a different stage in our red pill awakening. Like, um, you know, me and Sam Tripley might talk about the same shit, but him and I are probably on a different awakening moment right now in our life. Oh no, you just froze up. That's all right. We'll get her back guys. And we're back. I I don't know. So what was, what was your real oh shit moment when you were like, yo, maybe these crazy, yeah, maybe (laughs) these crazy conspiracy theorists aren't so crazy after all. Well, now I am one and I grew up with a dad that was, so I used to think my dad was crazy and he was very George Carlin. 
and he was incarcerated for a good part of my youth. And he would talk to me a lot on the phone and we would have these big, long conversations. And I always thought, man, he's so just cynical and crazy. And I I would always put these conversations in my back pocket because I always thought I'm never going to grow up and be like him. He's so, he thinks everything's this or that, blah, blah, blah. So I become the most normal person you can be. I'm a nurse. I'm like right in that whole schooling of complete normal, complete, like, let's just Rockefeller the shit out of her. Okay. So I'm that person. And the thing from 2020 that will never go away woke me up because I am a very studious person. And when that happened and the numbers and the logic and the way they were doing things and the fast pace that they were doing, all this stuff started coming at me full speed ahead. And I'm already a cancer survivor. I already have had all these problems. Like I'm not looking to die by an experimental something or other. And so I'm reading, 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 doing all these studies. And I'm talking JAMA reports. I'm reading real things. I'm not reading or going to TikTok. I'm in medical journals and things that they're doing this information release on. And it doesn't add up. And I'm trying to tell everyone, like, everybody thought I had completely just lost it. So now they were like, now you're a registered nurse. Does every, I am. does, so like, um, the people that are all uh, prescribing these things, like, um, if you go into the pharmacy, right. And they were giving right. these shots out at like CVS and shit. Are they able mm-hmm. to go in and look at these documents as well? Because I'm just curious yeah. if a lot of these people were complicit or it, oh, I'm sure there is some, but I know a registered nurse and she is the type that has like the fucking I support Ukraine bio fucking mm-hmm. picture and shit, you know, like, so right. she's full on whatever, <laughs> right. full, whatever full the new soul. talking yeah. point is, I'm on board with it, you know, so she has the mask and the Ukraine. Yeah, the you know, like double masks <laughs> with a fucking face shield with a fucking right. Ukraine sticker right. on her face shield, you know, like, <laughs> full in. And so I'm just curious, like, what do you think as far as the amount of people that are just dumb, useful idiots in the medical field that don't know any better and the people that, um, are just complicit and nefarious, whether they are afraid to speak out or whether they just don't want to, um, or they, they're just totally going along because that's what their MO is. You know what I mean? And they're just nefarious pieces of shit. What, what's your take on that? Hey there, pet parents. If you're like me, your furry family members mean the world to you. And that's why I'm excited to introduce to you PurePetWellness.com, your trusted source for all things CBD for pets. What sets PurePetWellness.com apart? Well, for starters, they're an American-owned family business with genuine love for animals. They understand unique bond you share with your pets, and they've dedicated to helping your furry companions live their best lives. And I'm pretty sure that the owner's a flat earther. You can't go wrong with that. That's pretty dope, right? So if you're looking for natural solutions... Uh, Pure Pet Wellness is where your journey stops because they have a premium CBD product specially crafted for your pets. Calming tensioners to soothing bombs, they've got you covered. And conspiracy junkies get 20% off at checkout. Just hit rabbit at checkout and watch the prices.
Did you miss me? I did. So <laughs> I, I went ahead and, and elaborated. So thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> no, oh, no. They're not even going to know this happened. Okay, good. Uh, I, I uh, went and full elaborated the question hoping you would come back in but basically the rundown of the question was how many people are complicit and just nefarious pieces of shit and they know the truth how many people are useful idiots and how many people are actually standing up like what do you okay. think what do you think the I'll percentages tell you are here? from my own experience there are people okay anyone at the pharmacy can read the same reports I have read that I will give a big shout out to Ryan Christian who helped me be a stance in the middle of doctors and nurses that absolutely called me insane. And I had data to back it up because he links all of his information at the bottom on the last American vagabond. And he helps people to get to those articles that sometimes are lost. Just I, you would be Googling forever if you tried to find it. So that helped me to be able to read the articles for myself because I never trust anyone. Right. I, I just don't. And that cynicism has saved my life, I think, right now. Um, there is so. Most people could have gone and read these articles, but they are hard to get to. Many of these people at the pharmacy, the pharmacists are top level. They know most everything. However, it depends on if they want to research those or not, or just take it from their drug rep and just say, okay. So then you've got these other people that aren't even licensed. They're not even licensed to do anything but say, okay, what your total is 1007. Give me your insurance card and a license or whatever. They are usually kids. They don't really know that much. And even if they're grownups, they don't have any sort of degree. It's like a technical school type degree. Nurses are the same way. You've got nurses that are extremely studious. And can get to the information, however, choose not to and just accept what they're told. Or you can be that nurse that goes out and looks at things, but they don't give you it. Like they don't give you that for the flu shot. They don't give you that for anything. They don't give you that pamphlet of 3000 things that you could get. Because they're not going to do that. They're going to say it's mostly safe, blah, blah, blah. I remember in the beginning, and I don't know if this is still the case, but uh, people were pulling out the pamphlets and they were just blank fucking paper folded over. Nothing. Yep. Yep. It's true. And to this date, the only thing that has been FDA approved in. Man, I'm going to have to edit the fuck out of this. They've never manufactured it, not once. That there's, They don't know when they're going to manufacture it. And it's illegal to cause mandates for people if it's not approved. So the military, that's why the military is coming back so hard or civil service. Because they have a leg to stand on. But they made them because I know multiple people in the military and multiple people in the civil service. Because I, I just, they work out here. And they were forced. It was do it or lose your job or be, you know, thrown out of the military. Well, when you're in the military, you get jabbed up with all kinds of experimental shit already. I mean, that's what you sign up for. I don't know why it keeps suffering. (laughs) We get jabbed more than almost anybody. And they continue it and continue it and continue it for us. 
And every year they just jam it down our throats. And, you know, we have to re up on all this stuff because they say we're exposed to almost as many things. But everyone got fearful with the mRNA because they've never done that particular way of delivery before. And everybody was pretty worried about like the lack of studies, not what I'm worried about, but what they're worried about is lack of it's definitely weird. I don't know why. It's okay. because it's going to be a great episode. So the powers, the powers that be, don't want this to come out. But fuck them. I actually because believe in a whole bunch. Even if this shuts off right now, I have enough to edit it to you make it a enough. great ep- okay. episode. So all right, I readjusted. So hopefully that's all good. All right. All right. We were talking about. We were talking about how many of these motherfuckers are are just complicit. How many are, how many are like, what do you think of the percentages is like a good third of each? I I think that the people that want to know made sure they never did. And I think that's probably at least over a third. I think there's a third of the people that do know and don't give a crap. And I, there's a third of people that just do what they're told. Yeah. Because they have been indoctrinated so badly that they're just like, And I used to be like this, like whatever they would tell me, like, that's what I believed. Whatever they said, get the flu shot, do that. That's what I did. Whatever they would tell me, I just did it. And I think a lot of nurses, as far as nurses go, that is very much how they operate, especially in the psych field, which is super sad because the only reason why I became a psych nurse was because I lost my brother. And... He died and he was an accidental overdose. But the bigger problem was, was depression. And it wasn't even a drug. It wasn't even his drug of choice, which is so sad. He was actually doing pretty good. And then he went in for a headache and they gave him some sleeping medication. And he took two, not 20. And he was a big guy, like 300 pounds, six, three. And he just took those two, but he had sleep apnea. And he didn't use the machine and he was a smoker and he just never woke up again. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Yeah, that sucked. So there's a lot of contributing (laughs) factors there. And yeah, yeah, so he was 37. So as a a registered nurse, how do you feel about pharmacia? I'm not going to say the pharmacy in general. It's pharmacia. It's straight up evil. It's satanic fucking Shit. It's I, all petroleum based designed to keep you sick and just mask symptoms while you while you stay sick, basically. When I was the best I ever was on my flu shot, on my um, I'm minding everything that they're telling us to do. I got everything, all the different jabs they want us to have <sighs> working in the ER because that was years ago. When I did everything I was supposed to do, I was never fatter sicker in more pain and had cancer i got better from the cancer but it literally took everything out of me because i had to have radiation and i had to have my thyroid cut out and all this horrible stuff i've had more surgeries than both of my grandparents and my mom combined i've had so much happen to me it cannot just be a coincidence from working in that environment And I truly believe that there are things that we just use that people think are safe 
And I'll tell you this, not only on my last kid, cause she's little, she's still only nine. Not only with her, did I not jab any of my children like that, but I ripped her out of regular school because they wanted to keep drugging her for ADHD. And she's in like a special school that does like nature stuff and teaches her what mushroom she can eat. And she, she loves it. It does it cost me money. Yeah. It's a Montessori school. Does that suck? Yeah. There's some state programs that help though. There's like, um, little, like, um, a scholarship type situation if you apply for them. And so there's ways out of it because I would have never been that mom. My older daughter, she's 24 and she laughs. She's like, who would have thought mom would pull faith out and not get a jab. And I bought a trailer in 2020, which I'm a camper, but I love the tent. And I literally looked at my husband and said, you will not get that shot. And if it means living in that camp trailer, that's what I'm willing to do. Good for you. Looked at me like you are crazy. (laughs) But I think he knew because I said no. And he's like, well, I'll take one for the team and I'll do it because I'm the breadwinner. I'm the dad. And I said, you lift weight every day. You're in peak top prime. All the people that are getting hurt are people like you. They're not the people that are old. The older people are sick, but they're not dying. The 40 year olds that are in really good shape are dropping dead. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not willing to do that. I would be happier living with you the rest of my life in a camp trailer than lose you. I'm not willing. And then you, you would know? lose the house anyway, right? I mean, yeah, it's stupid. I would not. Well, I mean, even with health or life insurance, whatever, even if I had all the money, it doesn't matter. I don't want to live my life without him, right. you know, and I, I wasn't willing to gamble. That's for sure. Yeah. And thank heavens and really, really the Lord, because I have severe enough asthma that my doctor and I have a whole bunch of EpiPen allergies. He said, I made everyone get that shot. I didn't write one single letter. But I will write it for you because you might just die. (laughs) (laughs) I've almost died a whole bunch. And I'm like, eh, you're so dramatic. (laughs) That's awesome. Did you actually, did you have to file for an exemption or did he just know? Okay. Oh, my work came after everybody. And guess what? So was there a lot of people that filed for exemption? There was, I would say maybe less than 10%. And those of us that did, if we were not good nurses, they got rid of us. Mine was medical, but there were some people that stood on the state one where you can't force someone. And they knew like, they must've gone to an attorney and they had this big letter and typed out because I read it. And the people that we didn't do it, none of us get sick. And the people that did do it, there's been deaths in 40 year olds at my work. Not only that, and I can't say that was from that. I'm just saying it's weird. And not only that, they're sick all the time. The ones that are up on, on all their stuff, they're constantly sick. They're like, Oh, I have this chronic sinus thing and this other thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe and they don't get it. And they don't get it. I have an ex-girlfriend that uh, called me about the second booster And I was like, you got the first shot? And she was like, yeah, and I'm supposed to get the booster tomorrow. And I talked to her for over an hour and I was reading her studies and I was talking to her. I was, I was like, uh, 
reading stuff from Peter McCullough and, and fucking reading yes, stuff. Reputable. Yes. Reputable. Everything. I thought I had her fucking convinced a couple weeks later. I find out that she got it and she's sicker than she's ever been. Now she has rapid cancer. So, oh. so she's thinking about going to Guatemala where her family is and just living out the rest of her days. And I'm like, well, actually you don't have to die. Like, I know how you can get rid of your cancer. Right. Yeah. And, with like and she's like, not listening to parasite. me. She's like, whatever yeah. you tinfoil hat wearing person, I'm going to, oh I'm going to go live, live it out with my family. And I'm like, all right, you know, and then my uncle, he, he died suddenly. Uh, he didn't feel good one morning, went to urgent care. And then, uh, uh, my my aunt got a call from the urgent care is like we sent him to the ER or to the big hospital and then he just died. And, you know, and I told everybody it's crazy, you know, like even uh, my sister called me after a year and a half of not talking to me and she was drunk a few months ago and called me and I would, and she's all the way boosted every time it comes out and everything. And I'm just like, fuck dude i haven't talked to her since like my family has completely disowned me over all this shit and they're jehovah's oh, we witnesses were on so. that list for sure his his family was already mad at us because we're not mormon and then i didn't even get into that but we we've had tons of problems with that whole situation and then on top of it we we got into arguments with them about this and they're all completely boosted and everything and we're just like you do know that like, this is scary. And now all of them are like me. We've had some weird stuff. They won't say we were right. They just say, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore or whatever. But the church came out at the LDS church came out endorsing that and said, everybody needs to go get it. Everybody. I, I bet the Jehovah's witnesses did that as well. I wouldn't be surprised. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was like, <laughs> You, you aren't supposed to be involved in people's medical anything. Right. You know. And I thought God gave us an immune system anyway, right? Well, and I'm sorry, but there's <laughs> nothing in this planet. I'm sorry. If I'm sick and I have something, when is it that I'm going to give it to you if it's inside of me? It's like AIDS. Like you can't get AIDS because you just were in the same room with somebody like that's like what it reminded me of, of that, like scare. And I'm like, no, well, that's not how if you, that works. If you really want to dig deep, you can't even get AIDS from having unprotected sex right. with somebody either. I, so I've seen that on the terrain theory stuff. And I'm like, this is wild. This is like, you guys, you guys don't know what you're putting in there and let alone what we eat, what, I mean, and the people that die, they just drop dead. It's like insane. It's not like they're you, fine and then they just die. You know what's crazy? Um, I need to tell Charlie Robinson this because I forgot to tell him this when I was talking to him the other day. But do you notice that during his show, if you listen to it on Apple, it plays a fucking commercial that starts out like my uncle or my brother-in-law died oh, suddenly. No. Do you have life insurance? Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. You're with, like, what with, the crap? With blah, blah, oh. blah and people dying suddenly, <laughs> I'm like, 
are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, Charlie, I want to say, Charlie, do you know they're playing this on your fucking show? You're like, hey, you might want to check out what's going on there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, well, man, I could talk to you forever. I would love to have you back and maybe talk about oh, a different subject. Awesome. I definitely, definitely want to suggest that uh, you go on Deplorable Nation. My friend, Deplorable, Deplorable Janet, okay. uh, she is uh, ex- registered nurse oh, who okay. uh, loves speaking out about medical stuff that's kind of her jam so oh, yeah, I think I you guys that. I think you guys would get along fabulously as Ooh, she awesome. would say I would love that yes yes so send I will my, I will get you in name. I will definitely get you two in touch um, in the meantime why don't you let everybody know your amazing show and where they can <laughs> find it and where they can follow you on social medias Awesome. Okay. Well, I am on Instagram and TikTok and I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the fun things. Um, we're at Unfiltered Rise and I go by Heidi Love because my parents were actually raging hippies and that's my real name. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that and I completely forgot, but you brought it up. So yeah, yeah guys, if you want to go ahead and scroll down as you're scrolling down right now to give her a follow on your way down, please hit that five star, keep us in the ratings and give us a review. I love the reviews. Um, and you know, even if you want to tell me to go fuck myself, it still puts something <laughs> in that box and it keeps it keeps me relevant and that helps out more than you guys could ever know you heard the white rabbit podcast.com commercial but so while you're scrolling down there now you see it right there click on it click on that right there all of her links are right there click on that and go give her a follow check out what she's doing she's brand new in the podcast game and i have a feeling that you're going to be doing some big things so heidi thank you so much for coming on white rabbit and it has been awesome Thank you so much. And thank you for all the issues we made it through. And we, <laughs> I had the best time talking to you too. We I certainly could talk did. to you for hours. <laughs> well, uh, I, I want to talk to you after the show, so don't go anywhere. Everybody right. else, keep digging down those rabbit holes. Yeah. I would never bend my knee to Satan I would never sell myself for no paper You can go ahead and call me a hater But I'll go ahead and call you a traitor Hey, Hollywood is getting cancelled I put God over financials Just know that I never kill myself If they try to use me as a damn example Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith Satan coming for the damn kids These rappers and singers are puppets The second the label give them their advances God is forgiven, we were all made in his image That's why he told me to remix this Every nation demoralization While we celebrating when people are sinning Don't care if you trans Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do only fans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they're preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and Satan is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets were living in luxury All of our business were forced closed Allah Jehovah Shema Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do, but worship and Satan with the purpose of angering God, well, that's just gonna make you a fool. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.